Listener Production. Trying something new like running or whatever it is can be really daunting, especially if you've never been a quote-unquote active person. But I think just because something feels scary or uncertain, that doesn't mean it's something that you should automatically write off. Someone who knows this more than most is Dr. Kelly McGonigal. She's a psychologist, she's an author, she's a group fitness teacher, and in 2020, Oprah Magazine, founded by The Oprah Winfrey, named Kelly the first ever O visionary for her unabashed belief in human potential. She's written a lot of books, but the one we're going to be talking about today is The Joy of Movement. What Kelly knows and what I believe to be true is that it is possible to find joy in moving. I wrote The Joy of Movement because exercise has always been such a source of mental well-being and community in my life. And I wanted to share with people this idea that exercise isn't something that you do to fix your body or improve your body, that it can give you access to all of these different human joys, like the joy of community, the joy of mastery, the joy of learning something new, the joy of knowing your own strength, the joy of being in nature. There's something about physical activity that seems to amplify all of these things that humans already enjoy and ways that we connect to our best selves and find meaning in life. And so I just wanted to encourage people to see movement from that perspective as a way to create more joy in their lives. I love how you've articulated that because I have a running program for women and so many of those things are what they talk about along the way, you know, about their they're learning something new or they're challenging themselves and they're finding their own strength in their body and they're even learning how to trust their own body. Is there a difference between movement and exercise? Technically there is, but I love the word exercise. So uh, it's funny, my publisher was like, don't use the word exercise, it'll scare people. Because everyone thinks exercise is, you know, about forcing yourself to do something you hate. So, okay, so I understand that. Mm. That's not really the technical definition of exercise. Exercise is basically movement for the sake of of the activity itself rather than moving your body because it serves some other goal, like walking to the store or doing physical labor around your house to clean. Like that's, that's movement, but you're moving to achieve some other goal. Exercise is often defined as moving for the sake of moving. And I actually love that definition because when I exercise, I am moving for the sake of movement. And I'm not necessarily thinking about even the long-term benefits of it. I'm doing it because when I do some forms of exercise, I feel incredible because it gives me an endorphin rush that helps me deal with anxiety. Sometimes I choose movement because it's just so much fun. I know I'm going to be laughing and expressing myself with other people. And, you know, I would I would do that even if it were bad for me. I, I guess I do that probably. There are probably some things I do <laughs> that serve that. I would fit that category. But so I think like movement for the sake of movement is how you could define exercise. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, then there's another form of movement out there for you. I think your publisher was right because now that I know that's the definition of exercise, I'm like, okay, yeah, movement for the sake of movement, that makes sense. But there's so many 
I guess, negative connotations around the word exercise because it is, it's a scary word and it does seem to be like a method or or a way that you punish yourself or you castigate yourself or you force yourself to do something that you don't really want to do. It also can lead people to not pay attention to their direct experience. So, so often people during exercise are tracking things like their heart rate or calories (laughs) that they're burning or their, their speed or how many reps they can do instead of paying attention to something like, how do I feel? How do I feel about myself? Um, What's my favorite part of what's happening right now? So if using a a word like movement helps people connect to their direct experience, I think it's useful for that too, because you, you know, it's, it's too easy to lose what's actually happening when we feel like we have to measure and be vigilant about the metrics of what we're doing. I can so relate to that because even, you know, some days we're tired, some days we haven't eaten enough food, some days we're stressed about work. And so it makes sense that all of that is going to mean that maybe you're not a superstar in your Zumba class or maybe you don't crush the run that you're going for. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's interesting because So I mentioned one of the reasons that I love to move my body is because it's so good for helping me manage things like anxiety and depression. And another thing that is is true is that often on days when physically I'm not performing my best, those Mm. are the very workouts that are the best form of self-care, that I may show up feeling exhausted or feeling hopeless and I'm not going to you know, put on the best show in terms of dance, or I'm not going to be able to hit every last rep uh, in a hit workout that I could have done last week because I didn't sleep well last night, something like that. And yet mm. The, mm. the gift that I'm giving myself to, to show up, the medicine that I'm giving myself is the most valuable. That, that framing also helps me um, stay committed. I got goosebumps with how you just articulated it then and it feels so refreshing because there is so much of a focus especially in our society which is very much based on metrics and performance and statistics and analysis and how far did you run and how fast did you run and what was your heart rate and what zone were you in it's almost just stripping it back to to how it feels and I know for me running has always been a place of of therapy and and I know that you know if I'm shitty at home if I've had a bad day I can go for a run and I know that when I come back all of my problems will still be there like they haven't magically gone away but I feel like I am I am more able to cope I am more equipped to handle the challenge of challenges of my day I feel calmer I feel less anxious and frustrated does does a process of moving change our brain yeah it's the benefits you just described they're both biological and psychological and social but some of it is just pure brain chemistry so when you move your body in a way that requires you to exert yourself your brain rewards you it releases chemicals like endorphins, adrenaline, dopamine, and endocannabinoids, uh, and sometimes oxytocin if you're really working hard. Um, And these are all chemicals that help us feel more brave, more confident, more hopeful and optimistic. And many of those chemicals, um, particularly endorphins, endocannabinoids, and oxytocin, help us connect with other people um, and experience more 
more joy and ease in that that interdependence of life, which is so important for handling life's challenges. And so it's like every time you move your body in any way that gets your heart rate up, that I often say, like, if it's hard enough that there's some part of you that wants to stop, that's exactly the right level. <laughs> there's always like some part of you and not necessarily for the whole run or workout or dance class. But, you know, there's there's that's just the duality of human nature. Um, whenever you're doing anything, there's usually some little bit of resistance. And you, when you just you feel that a little bit and you choose to say, I'm going to keep going, that's a great level of intensity for creating brain chemistry that empowers us to deal with our life. I, I, I know the answer to this, but I feel like our bodies are very much designed to move. I think that's what we're built for. How would you or how do you encourage people who might not move very often or might be a little bit daunted by it because there all there is all of this cultural connotations around it that it has to be something to punish yourself or they've they go to a gym and they feel super self-conscious and they feel like they don't fit in. And it's not only that. I mean there are real reasons why people can find it difficult to move. I am very often dealing with people who are in a process of grief and loss. Yeah. And uh, that is something that can that makes it literally difficult to move your body. You can add to that things like depression and fatigue and anxiety yeah. and chronic pain. And there's so many things that can can make it feel like moving your body is impossible or hard. Mm. So I, I want to start from the the premise that I'm not I'm not talking to people who have uh, a body that is free of pain, free of all disability or illness, or have never experienced the kind of mental challenges that can make it difficult to get up and exercise. Actually, like I'm talking to the people who have any or all of those challenges. One thing I would say to get started is that movement is about choosing to engage with life through your body. And so it doesn't mm. have to be, I need to go out and find the hardest thing I can do that I hate in a context <laughs> where people are criticizing my body. Right? It can be about, yeah. I often say like, what's something you want to experience more of in your life? And is there a version of that that is physically active? Is it wanting to spend more time in nature, wanting to enjoy the time that you spend with your kids? Is it, do you want to uh, adopt a dog? That's going to be a great way to, to be more physically active. Do you, mm. do you want to feel, explore your competitive edge? There are all these different aspects of human nature. For me, it's often music. You know, I'll do anything if it has the right soundtrack. You can just think, well, here's how I would love to spend a little bit more time and then find a physically active version of that. Because, you know, as I've said, being physically active often enhances other joys. And you can find the context, you can find the community, you can find the the relationship, or you can find the playlist and then see how it feels to move your body. And there are so, like, there are so many different types of movement out there. Right next to my house, there's a group that does qigong every day. I know there's, um, you know, I live in live in Cairns in Australia, so it's not like the epicenter of fitness, far from it. But there's yoga classes. Um, I have a virtual running program and what so many of the women say is that it's really nice for them to be able to learn something new without the pressure of a group who's watching on um and I, I totally understand that 
that as well because when you are learning something new or when you are trying to figure something out it is nice just to have a bit of space and to be able to work through it in your own time i'll talk to you a little bit about how i think about movement so um one of the places where i teach dance it's a community center most of the the people in that class are women in their 60s to 90s and just in the last week or so i have had a new student show up who is in town specifically to take care of her mother who is experiencing dementia and needs to enter memory care. So she just joined the class. I had a woman who had been gone for a little while who just came back from a hospice training so that she would learn how to take care of a loved one who is dying. In that class, what we are doing is we are accessing our ability to feel our emotions, to remember good times through music, to Mm. feel everything, to be sensual and sexual and fun and playful. We sing, we take time to connect. That class is essential. That when I think about movement and what it's for, and I've seen this, it's not just dance. It's, it's every form of movement that people are drawn to. It's so much more than doing something that's good for you I I wish the Mm. message I wish I could give people is that it requires a different kind of mindset, you know, asking not what do I need to do to avoid something I don't want, like a disease 20 years from now or something like that, or how do I fix a body that I don't trust or I don't accept. That movement is however many minutes you spend doing it, it has the capacity to give you strength and community and meaning and what you need. And you can ask the question, what do I need? It's so fundamental. And sometimes people will say, well, you're not talking about me. Sometimes people will say, there is no movement I would ever enjoy because (laughs) because challenges that they have with their body or experiences that they've had with movement and exercise and sports. And, you know, growing up, I was constantly humiliated for being bad at sports and the slowest person. I am so lucky that I found dance, which is, as it turns out, a completely different skill set from anything else that (laughs) that requires any athletic ability. Because otherwise, I would just think that who I am is somebody who is clumsy and slow and incompetent and should be ashamed of my, my sort of my physical lack of ability. So I know that there are, there are lots of experiences people might have had that would lead them to not understand what I'm talking about. But it's so, it's so interesting. And when writing the joy of movement, you know, one of the things I did is I just asked people, tell me about a movement that you love. And so often they would describe these turning points that they were going through a major life transition that they were recovering from something like addiction or depression or loss. And they became open to this new way of experiencing movement because the need was so intense. And so sometimes I think that if you, if you actually think about movement as a form of self-compassion rather than self-control or self-improvement, that's really the mindset that will allow you to have a different experience and try something new and find what you need. Kelly will be back on another episode of the podcast very soon. To find out more about Kelly, head to kellymcgonagall.com or check out her Instagram 
at Kelly Murray McGonigal. Thanks for listening to Terea Pitt's Pep Talk. Follow to get new pep talks every day. Listener.